0: It's Two Minutes About Time with Luke Allen and Robert E.G. Black, the podcast that takes a look at the film about time, two minutes at a time. I'm Richard Curtis, and I hope you enjoy it. And if you don't, well, you can just travel back in time two minutes and listen to something else. I'm one of your hosts, Luke Allen. I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Robert E.G. Black. Hello. And our special guest for this week, Eddie. Hello. So today we're looking at Minute 115 and our bonus minute and we're going to... It's probably, once again, as we tend to be shorter on Fridays, I've looked at the time and I'm panicked, so... <laughs> it's great because there's more stuff to do on Fridays, but they always end up being shorter because you record them last. Hmm. I feel like if we'd been clever, Robert, we could have recorded the Friday segments at the start of the show and then, <laughs> done them, like... Towards... At- now Now we're literally one guest away from finishing the film. It's crazy, probably not a good man. time. I was going to say,
1: 115 minutes in, like, I've got it. <laughs> it's like-
0: so we open with Tim narrating further than my father did. And she says, okay, I'll do the kids. No, don't worry, I'll do them. Yeah, you do them, you lazy bum. Um, They're wearing purple. Are they? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I like how lived in the bedroom looks as well. Mm.
1: Yeah, there's too many films where it's just like too too immaculate. And it's like, especially when they've got three kids. Well, two, maybe, Jeff. has gone. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense that it's a bit more like, not messy is the wrong word, but it, like I said, it's a bit more lived in.
0: What do you guys think of the constant cuts of very shuffling?
1: I'm not sure. I don't know if it's Tim just keeps travelling back in time and it's like jumping the cut.
0: But the point is, at this point, that he doesn't. So he's repeating
1: it, isn't it? Over and over and over.
0: Considering the whole point is Jeff repeating it. (laughs) Why does he want to see his mum sleeping? Uh, He's weird. Has problems. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He wants. He wants life before he was erased. Uh,
1: yeah it's a weird moment where you just see her like turn in the same spot three times in different cuts, and I just I don't really get why, and
0: the angles are so similar as well that it's just
1: yeah, it feels like it's a weird... mistake,
0: yeah, I didn't find it too jarring in the context of the film, just watching them mm. in it separately, yeah it and just, that's, that, it's that's why more.
1: that's why these kind of these like, analytical reviews work so well because you pick up on things you just wouldn't pick up on before well,
0: same with the the handheld shot of the stairs earlier. Like, it's, I mean, I definitely noticed it in the film, but I liked it, but talking about it here, it's like, hm. I and guess the other thing is, what do, when, when everything goes wrong with Kit Kat, what do you guys think of that shot? That's the other artsy bit, really, where you don't see their full face, you like their mouth, like the shaky camera, and then he slow motion walking away. I quite like that. I think it works there. I, I like it in the moment, but yeah, mm. it never happens again. Yeah, I agree.
1: And it's, because that yeah. is such a significant beat of a story as well it makes more sense to be like, and here is something jarring, because then you go, oh, if you if you like were drifting off for a second, you suddenly, your mind goes, right, here's a big moment, because the camera's different, or something's slightly changed, and you just kind of focus a bit more.
0: Robert, to your drinking game, do I yes or no say, I tried that with Unstable? (laughs) Well, I've done it now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, I think it's an addiction, it's awful. Basically, Eddie, there's a scene, a dream sequence in my film Unstable, where it's a dream that he's opening up to his parents about his problems with addiction, and they overreact. And it's supposed to be his fear, because when I spoke to a lot of addicts, they were talking about their fear of talking and how people respond. Mm. So I did a whole dream about that. But I shot the dream, not as a POV, but I deliberately kept him out of shot, so it's only the reaction shots while he's talking. Yeah, that makes sense. Some people didn't like it, some people did, but it was deliberate that I wanted to make it awkward and jarring. Like People don't realise straight away it's a dream, but they realise something's wrong. Yeah. I think I think first time round, from what I've heard from people who've watched it multiple times. So thanks to those who watched it multiple times. First time round, it's weird, and they're like, "Why is it shot like this?" Second time round, they're like, "Ah, oh, it's clever." Because I think at first they feel like I've just forgotten to film him. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It did help with the schedule that we didn't have to do that pickup shot. By the way, I think like when
1: you're when you're intentionally creating a jarring moment, you're I think you're kind of supposed to watch it a couple of times, so you go, "Oh, now I get it," because that's kind of the point. But it's, it, yeah, it can be, when you've only seen it like once, you might be like, what the hell does this been?" Or, or if it's, because in this particular shot, in this minute, it doesn't make any sense to have these, what, these weird cuts. So yeah, I just didn't notice it until we, we did the minute as a minute. But,
0: yeah. Robert, do you really... think if I record an Unstable commentary, I'll let all of this out and never need to mention it again? No. Yeah, good point. <laughs> Weirdly, we talked about it least when we had the lead actors from Unstable on. Yeah. Alex and Helen, I don't think we mentioned it. They're over it. (laughs) It, If all goes to plan, because we've got our
1: Sitcan's going to be turning one in August, which is crazy. So if all goes to plan, we're going to have wrestling podcaster Joe Graham on as our guest for the one-year anniversary, because she's part of the reason why sitcan exists. She gave us loads of advice and loads of help in the beginning. And I'm guaranteeing that's going to be the one episode we don't make any wrestling references, just by chance. So it's going to be interesting.
0: I think that is the case, though. Like, with Darren, we hardly talked about his magic. And with Simon, we hardly talked about him being in Doctor Who. I think I asked, like, one question at the start, and then I just kind of... I was talking to Simon, it wasn't... I was talking to Dorian. Tim then narrates as we have the luckiest... Does the luckiest start playing at this point, Robert? I don't have your notes.
1: Yeah, it starts playing after his uh, extraordinary, ordinary lifeline.
0: Okay. So, Tim says, The truth is, I now don't travel back at time at all. Not even for the day. I'll just try to live every day as if I've deliberately gone back to this one day to enjoy it as if it was the full final day of my extraordinary, ordinary life. And I'm gonna pretend that I'm not tearing up right now. Oh, <laughs> oh I why? With that. <laughs> I can make it worse for you. Okay. The watch he picks up is his dad's. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. How did you work that out? We saw both their hands last minute and I re- I'm like, wait, he didn't have a shiny watch. I went back and I'm like, oh. <sighs> and <laughs> it's about time. <sighs> <sighs> That's
1: so good. Yeah, this is a lovely scene, minus the weird cuts.
0: But I, once again, I, th- I kind of think that maybe within the context, it works better. Like in the whole film, I think yeah, maybe it sort of suits the montage thing. We don't get as much of the montage as we will discuss next week. I mean, what are we on for visuals, Robert, before we go on to our bonus minute and the Friday segment, because, oh, time.
1: Well, <laughs> the watch and... uh Eddie already commented on the Shout of Mary, so...
0: Oh yeah, we don't even get any of the rest of the montage here, so... The no. main montage kicks in next week. So, Eddie, we sent you a bonus minute. I always forget what bonus minute I send over, and Robert <laughs> never knows. So, what bonus minute do do? So, it's actually one of my favourite parts of the film.
1: It's when Tim has the little bit where he says, Oh, my dad... I realise what my dad said to me to be really happy. You live one day as you would normally and then you go back in time and live the same day again, but, you know, more positive. So, so there's a montage of him writing on the notepad, and he goes back to the coffee shop, and he's just a lot more smiley. And I, lo- I love the scene, because when I was listening to the first couple episodes, I was like, this is probably what I would do if I would go back in time. I would live one day as is, and go, okay, how can I change this Is this, this, and go back and do the other day? And then I thought, now realistically, I'd go back maybe three or four times and just have one day where I just don't care and I'd just be an absolute knob just to see what would happen.
0: Yeah, I've mm. always thought with this that Tim should do it the other way around. Mm. Because messing about Tim is the final version of the, of the day.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, he still
0: gets stuff done.
1: I, but... I would go full on Jeff and just, like, cause a Not riot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would, just, I would have, like, a day in my pants and just be like, what happens now? This is just to see. And then kind of go back and like, okay, now it's time to do what I would should do, but maybe just change a couple of little things. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, I love the scene. It's just proper, like really nice, and it, I think this is quite relatable for a lot of people. Like they would do, they would do similar things of doing the same day again. But like, okay, I know this is coming, I can change this. And it's also it's kind of what he was doing anyway for cer- for certain days. But it's just it's a lot more positive in this one, and he's able to open. He's not as awkward. He can open stuff up, up, up a bit more. Have a lot of fun. And it's just really, really nice. I just like it a lot. The d- on the notepad especially, I really liked. the total d- he writes. Because that's, yeah. Because he, cause he knows it's happening, but he makes it look so natural. But, yeah, it's just lovely.
0: So, yeah, anyway, if you could go back in time to any moment in your life, Eddie, to either relive it or change something about it, what moment in your life would you choose?
1: Now, there's a couple I thought of, which is on a, a cop-out answer. But I'll, I'll briefly go through a couple that I thought of, and then I'll do my actual answer. Some of them would be oh, just go back to school and, like, stand up for myself more and just be like, no, I, I, I cannot do this in school. I can probably focus on this bit a bit better. But then I would be like, I don't want to go through school again because it's just it's a, it's a long period of time where I
0: wasn't happy. So Yeah, um, I, 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 I'm weird with school at the moment because I know it's just my side of things with lockdown. It feels like so much was wasted now. Yeah. Like the amount of hours I spent in after school revision and I was like, hey-ho, no exams. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> never mind. I also thought
1: about going back and this is a really weird memory, but me and two of my best friends, we're all big gamers. There was one weekend we spent together and we just played a Mortal Kombat game for that weekend. And we played through the story mode, which was a the game was good, but the story mode was like notoriously terrible. And it was just so much fun to play that game and just laugh at how bad the story was whilst also playing on the hardest difficulties. So it was an actual challenge and it became like this like we have to beat this game this weekend before because we've put in too much time and effort. Also the story's terrible also our fingers hurt <laughs> also we're, we're full of like bad food and it was just a really nice like very fond memory we all shared together of playing that game for that weekend and having a simultaneously like terrible and great time together. But I think my actual choice would be I would go back to when I was very young where I lived in Ireland because I just didn't appreciate how nice the place we lived in was and how, like, a nice Ireland is. We had, like, a... We lived on a farm in Ireland and it was just, like, part of the land we owned included some mountains behind our house and we just... We'd play on there. We'd play in the woods near our house and I was like, this is great. Moved to England and it's like, oh, everything's flat. Everything's different. And I, it was such a culture shock. It would be nice to just go back and appreciate it when I was there as opposed to being, like, I don't care, I'm a kid and I'm stupid. So, I think I would would go back to Ireland
0: and just be like, just take it in a bit more, I think. I really want to go to Ireland. I've only left the UK, I mean, technically it's in the UK, depending on what part of Ireland. But I've only left the UK once, and that was three days in Disneyland Paris, which is amazing, obviously. Mm. It's like so much of the world that I've around here that I haven't seen. Mm. I mean, to to talk about Irish culture, the only band I've ever gone to a concert of is The Cause. There's some stuff I'm interested in from before I was born. <laughs> I was the, it was me and a load, me, and my dad, and a load of old old age pensioners, which was a bit of a strange first concert experience.
1: No, I was I was born in Cork, which is uh Republic of Ireland, so it's like I'm not even technically British. But yeah, I would love to just go back there. And it was recently, the house I used to live in got put on sale, and my mum message me saying, "Look at the house;
0: it's so different now."
1: And it was just like weird. I
0: imagine that would be. Yeah. Yeah, because I've lived in the same place and. My mum's side of the family have been around here for a while, like our house is 210 years old. Oh wow. And, um, but yeah, I mean, do you, do you find with Irish as well, like being from Ireland, do you, I know, like, my dad, because his side of the family are Irish, hmm. which technically makes me quarter Irish, uh, like, do you find the accent, like, just appears when you're with Irish people?
1: Not really, I never had an accent, cause my... I think my
0: dad didn't, but whenever he's with Irish people, he just turns Irish, which <laughs> is really weird.
1: My mum <laughs> does that, and which is weird, cause my mum is the... The, the full English person in the house. My dad was half Irish, my mum is full English. But she, her accent changes wherever she is, which is really strange. But mine just hasn't, which is strange. I think some, I'll pick up like phrases, like I'll say ma'am without realising sometimes. But yeah, my accent doesn't change at all, which is just strange. Apart from when I'm in Birmingham for some reason. My, my fiance is from Kidderminster, and whenever I stay at her Dads for a few days to come back. I'm like you're right, and I don't realize why. It's just, oh, that's changed, but only Kidderminster for some reason. Mm,
0: so that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, like I think. Yeah, I say like, I feel like there's little things I say where like hints of Irish come through. Hmm. I feel like even in saying the word Irish, there's a there's a hint there. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. and it's I, it's,
1: all, it's all these like phrases like uh, people don't realize Irish people say things like ah now quite a lot, which I say or like oh come on now, which is a, a fairly Irish phrase. Or like come here to me is very Irish because people go the opposite way and they go like ho 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 which is like no one. I says think the that.
0: Irish accent is often so strong and thick as well. Like I mean I know that's kind of weird because I guess everyone has the same level of accent, but I, I don't know. It feels there's something beautiful about the Irish accent. Um, yeah. I love it. Donald Gleeson, how the heck does he hide his accent for this film? He yeah he
1: I wouldn't have guessed he sounded he was Irish from his voice, but he looks very Irish.
0: Have you managed to, have you seen like any interviews or stuff with him?
1: I've purposely avoided it until after the podcast so I don't spend the entire time being angry at him for so <laughs> like being
0: so talented. Okay, yeah. Cause I mean, his British accent in Frank is even better than this. And which is weird because yeah, I feel like you don't notice he's doing a British accent until you know he's doing a British accent. Same with Margot Robbie. Mm. I feel like they're in it and you don't have a problem with their accents until you start to notice the flaws. Yeah. They're both great in Goodbye Christopher Robin. Like, once again, Donald Reason and Margot Robbie playing British people, and mm. some icons in British history. Uh, have you seen Goodbye Christopher Robin? Was that out fairly recently? Yeah, a couple of years ago. Yeah, I, I think that's them, one of that one. Donald they... Reason plays Milne, the creator of is, is that, Winnie the Pooh. Is that the film where, like, Winnie
1: the Pooh is like an t- actual teddy bear, and he's moving around? Or is that a different uh, film?
0: No, I think you're thinking of Christopher Robin. Ah, which is okay. Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Yes, that's um, what I've seen. Yeah, but yeah, Goodbye, Christopher Robin came out, I think, the year before. Or it might been, I don't know, 2017. I think it might have been. I might be wrong. It's just the story of how the Winnie the Pooh books came about. And Donald Gleason plays A. a. Milne, and Margot Robbie plays Daphne Milne, and it's it's a beautiful, beautiful film. Kelly Macdonald plays their their maid mm. or their nanny, and it's just it's a it's a really powerful film and. It kind of shows the the effect on their actual son who, on whom Chris Robin was based on on how damaging it was on his childhood to constantly be a celebrity without like having a say on it yeah I can't and he imagine talks about how... like how he asked his dad to write a book for him, not a book about him and how you know he got he well there's something like he got, I, don't, I don't know how true it is, but there's this really powerful thing where his son ends up going off to war. And hmm. just before he we get, well, when he's 18, and just before he goes off to war, he's really angry at his dad because throughout all of boarding school, he was bullied and beat up for being Christopher Robin. And then at war, one of his, one of the people find out he was Christopher Robin and they, they all on the battlefield, he only tells a story, you don't see it, all on the battlefield start singing one of the Winnie the Pooh songs, then he realised how much happiness hmm. it brings everyone. That's, that's a weird juxtaposition, like watch like
1: 1918 and you just hear, Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> like Save and Private Tigger or something stupid.
0: I was trying to remember any of the Winnie the Pooh songs, so you saying that has something
1: to me. It's another video game tangent. Kingdom Hearts, the series, has a lot of Winnie the Pooh stuff, and I only played Kingdom Hearts a couple of years ago for the first time, and I started off like, oh, I don't really get this, and then suddenly something clicked. And just playing through the Winnie the Pooh world in first Kingdom Hearts I was so, like, weirdly emotional, I just started crying. I was like, why am I crying? I'm Winnie the Pooh in this lovely little game. Just something about it really started to me crying.
0: Yeah, there's something about Winnie the Pooh where it's just hmm. beautiful.
1: Although I don't know if you know, in It 2, Pennywise... I, have, I still haven't seen the second one, so oh. no, I don't. Pennywise sounds a bit like Winnie the Pooh in one scene, and it's really funny.
0: He just goes, hello, and uh, it's just the funniest thing in the world. I'll have to check it. I I do anything I want to spend tomorrow watching Winnie the Pooh things, the Heffalump and the... Mm. Oh, the, so the reasonably good. recent one they did, like, uh, 2014 maybe? Maybe a bit before then they did one of the animated ones about the, uh, the oh, Baxon. yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't see that one. Was it the Baxon where he was like, I'll be back soon or yeah. something? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It was reasonably recent, but I remember that being pretty good. So I'm just going to watch all the Winnie the Poohs tomorrow if anyone it's just like tries to contact me. Proper, it's proper wholesome and lovely. It's like Paddington. It's just nice. Oh, the Paddington movies. So lovely. Uh, I love the Paddington books and all that, but the two Paddington films. How the heck Paddington 2 managed to top Paddington 1, I don't I've, know. I've only seen the first one, but... You need to watch the second. Uh, Do you know much about the second one? or? No, I don't know at all. Okay, everyone I've heard... I'm pretty sure everyone who saw them both separately has said the second one was better. Yeah. It involves Paddington going to prison. <laughs> oh, it's and like Shawshank of Paddington. I don't think it was reported to say he turned all these thug prisoners... He ends up messing up their washing because so they're all wearing pink clothes and teaches them all to bake. <laughs> it's hilarious oh, and wonderful. Them. And Eddie, where can our listeners find you on social media?
1: Please listen to Sitcom. It's a comedy podcast So myself, Eddie O'Keefe, and my best friends, Ollie Ryder and Amy Bashworth, review sitcoms episode by episode, and we're starting off our journey with friends. And we finished season one of Friends, so you've got like a whole 24 episodes at least just to listen to our friends. And we're in season two... Episode six now, I think, but uh,
0: way, way further ahead. We'd hope by the time this episode. Oh goes yes, out. definitely. Yeah, well, fingers crossed. I can, uh, I can find out now for you while you're talking when this episode comes out. Yeah, that'd be lovely. Second
1: week of October. There we go. Second week oh, of October. Oh wow, that's good. So happy Halloween, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> we also done an episode in sick hand about cats called Sick Cats, which is about the- having
0: not seen cats. I still loved it. It's, it's
1: just because we basically describe cats as it goes on. And it's just, even thinking about that film, I've seen it like four times, I just, I, what, I don't, I don't know how they got it so wrong, but I'm so glad they did. It's In absolute, fact, you
0: need to watch Lamez, cause it's directed by the same guy who directed Yeah,
1: Cats. I know, it's weird! Like, I just, And it's, it's
0: really good! <laughs> I,
1: don't, I don't understand, you have to watch Cats. You can follow SitCand on Facebook, at facebook.com slash SitCand, or on Twitter, at SitCand. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if you know Sooty and Sweep, the puppets. Yeah. Yeah, so I made a, a short film, uh, just because I was bored one day, uh, in my old flat. And it's basically Sooty doing the scene from Shawshank Redemption, where Brooks gets out of prison. So it's like an, it's a scene, it's a film inspired by that, where Sooty's like, depressed, and he's sad, and he meets Sweep, and they meet up again, and it's all really happy, and then they have a fight, and Sweep dies, and then just like in the film, Sooty hangs himself. Um, it, it's a comedy because it's like this is a hand puppet from a British TV children.
0: Do, do you have Sooty and Sweep in America Robert or is this unknown no. to you I mean this I don't know would, what puppets are
1: yeah this would, this would, this would be like El, uh, Bert and Ernie basically uh, yeah. if, if, you did, if you did a Shawshank Bert and Ernie it would be the same kind of thing and I was filming it because I think so, so, the idea of Sooty in this very adult situation is very funny to me because he's such a happy child friendly character and then I was editing it, and I started crying, and I was like, this shouldn't be making me sad, it's supposed to be really funny. And then I played at a comedy festival that I was performing in with Knowing Smirk, the comedy group. And the audience members were laughing, and then they started crying, and I was like, what have I done? Um, so the thing
0: is, that's the greatest compliment, though. I definitely think. To, it's, I just, Weird at a comedy event, I'd imagine. it's, But, so, like, I, I know when I had my... <sighs> Robert, you're making me notice it more and more. <laughs> I know when I had the premiere for Unstable and people came out with tears rolling down, their. part of me was like oh no, it made people sad, then the other part of was like that's good, why should like? It, it, I think it's weird to realise that you have to be happy in people being sad <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I, I made a second one about Sweep, it was a prequel about Sweep and it wasn't as good as the first one uh, and then after that my passion for filmmaking just kind of filtered away, which is a shame but
0: I think there's definitely, like, there's definitely an idea in taking children's characters and getting them to remake film moments. Mm. You'd have to do it little and, like, you'd have to do it rarely in yeah. good quality. You couldn't, that couldn't be like your main, <laughs> your, your, I mean obviously it wouldn't be, but it couldn't be like you, what you'd do, no. you know, in every show, here's a different film version because... Yeah, see, if, if,
1: that, anyone, if anyone, and... anyone wants to see that, it's called Old Soot. I'll, I'll send you the video as well because I think it's still quite good, but it's, there's definitely bits i change now. But, um, okay, well
0: if, like I say, you send me the video, I'll try and remember around the time this episode comes out to put it on our Facebook page or in the group or something.
1: Hmm. And you can, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Little Voices Ed with two D's. And like I said before, SitCand is at SitCand Twitter and Facebook.com slash SitCand.
0: And Robert, where can they find you? Robert E.G. Black on social media or LemonDrops.com for links. On that website you'll find a link to the store which includes our Graham Curry fan club shirt and our Two Minutes About Time shirt. They can find me on Twitter at llama underscore bottle zero. Try again. Find me on Twitter at zero. Instagram is Facebook Luke Allen, Film or podcast ready picture article short films. Anything of Luke I'm remotely involved with Luke the cut at UK. Also, I don't know if any of these words make sense anymore. <laughs> I'm trying to go through them as fast as I can because mine's always the most. Because you've yours is quite easy. Robert's pretty consistent with Robert E.G. Black on everything. I've just got a different name on each one of social media. That it's just it's hard. And I can't bother to change them. I've got it on 500 business cards now. I'm stuck with llama <laughs> underscore bottle zero. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Luke Hunt, <laughs> K said that the show's on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Two mins About Time. They can also follow, find us on IMDb, Two Minutes About Time. And this show, we've already done that. They do our Facebook group The Cupboard. <laughs> you can tell I'm tired at this point. So I Facebooked The Cupboard to discuss all things to do with About Time. Um, so, uh, Toodles. Tatty bye. There's two? We ha- we haven't done tatty-bye either, have we, Robert?
1: I, I should have done the city one, which is bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.
0: The Two Minutes About Time theme is performed by Ethan O'Mahoney and is a cover of the About Time theme, originally composed by Nick Laird Close. Two Minutes About Time is a production of Lemon Drop Studios in association with Bottle O Productions.